section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. Joey Fuck up here, Whiskey and Waterbeds. What show is this, 38, 37? Oh, okay, because I lost count. I'm out here at the coffee pot. Out here for the show, the show, the biggest show of the year with Anti-Scene. I'm hanging out with the drummer of Anti-Scene. What's going on, dude? Uh, nothing much, just waiting to play. Introduce yourself, buddy. My name is Phil. Filthy Phil. <laughs> And this is a fucking crazy night. Been slamming old Milwaukee's and four maxes and uh, hanging out with Jeff Clayton. Did an interview. It's just been a fucking insane night. We're back here in the pool room now. I spent many nights back here. Actually, I used to live up behind here, which I covered that before. I was drinking. Been getting autographs from the band and shit. And uh, we started to set off with an anti-scene song. It was uh, Fornication, which I actually now own on disc. So, uh... You know, what's going on, Brian? What are you up to? You over there with the uh, thumb up your ass? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned that, uh, 
Feels pretty good. <laughs> Does that thumb feel pretty good, Brian? Well, it's a little curvy, so that makes it nice. But uh, so having a good time. I I'm am, having uh, a fucking excited killer. about this show. Yeah, I'm fucking on came twice tonight. You've been what? All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we got more music to play. Yeah, I guess. I'm glad well, you roll it. with it. Well, <laughs> let's get into it then. With I'm going to have to car drink some more old Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> got some Motorhead coming up. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, Whiskey Brian here, Whiskey and Waterbeds, number 37. Joey Vogue up here. I'm hanging out with Wigga Joe from Piss Sand. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Getting ready to play a big show with any scene. And that yeah. fucking sweet. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to be playing one of your tunes later. We've been playing numerous uh, tunes from you guys. This, uh, where, the, where are we on the show anyway? This is the first set. Well, we just oh, okay. ended the first set. Okay. Anyway, so what's been going on with you, man? Not much, man. Just uh, same thing, just working and uh, doing band stuff. Uh, my side project's going on tour this December, and well, which is this month, and it's going to be great. Guys, what's your, what's your side project? Angry Youth. Oh, so it's okay. <laughs> where, where, where are all you guys uh, headed? Uh, first to Philly, then to Jersey, then to Pittsburgh, then to Lima, Ohio, then Cleveland, Ohio, then down to Lexington, Kentucky, Charlotte, North Carolina, and then ending in Roanoke. It's not a long tour, but it's still a tour. That's going to uh, be great. Sounds, sounds pretty extensive, though. Um, you guys got another album in the works? Oh, yeah. We're actually uh, we're going in Wednesday to finalize our um our our first seven songs for the next album for both bands actually and we're we're releasing these on a split uh i don't know what we're going to call it yet but it's both a piss and an angry you split and then the next seven songs are going to be splits with other bands and um then we're going to take our last seven songs to be a 21 song album and then just put that on our actual album that way people will still Still, still get the entire full length instead of just already have it all on, wow. you know, splits. Wow. Well, we're certainly looking forward to that. But the uh, I, the Polluted Youth albums is fucking, it's great. I heard a lot of, well, what I considered, I could pick up different influences from out of there, but just coming from you, Pissant's influences, can you name them all? Okay, for me personally, is Iron Maiden. I knew it. Yes, yeah, definitely. Iron Maiden is definitely one. Uh, of course, Misfits. But then again, you know, any metal or punk band you talk to, they're gonna mainly say Misfits is one of their first. Uh, me, I have to say Nirvana for one reason for me is because they were pioneers on what they did, and they also killed cock rock. But I love cock rock too, so that ain't why I love them. I just love them because they started something and then killed themselves at the same time. Fucking they. I'm buzzing like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? What do you get out of whiskey and water beds? Uh, well, a bunch of drunkenness. <laughs> but no, I was hoping, actually, I was hoping I would be able to get you on the mic, though, um, Joe. But, but the Maiden, you, you just talked about one of the influences. Did you like Bruce Dickinson's era or the Paul Daggio? Uh, Bruce. Bruce. 
Oh, my God, Bruce. <laughs> well, I had to ask. <laughs> uh, the other guy was good, too, but, I mean, he's also just as good as a third guitar player. <laughs> okay, 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 that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brian? Oh, well, I got yeah, my notes like, right here. Uh, so starting that set off with... See, we're going to let him, like, do this little thing right here. <laughs> <laughs> you just cut me off. I mean, that's cool. That's... Uh, <laughs> But, uh, Brian's supposed to be blowing anti-scene later, but it's <laughs> only money. <laughs> oh. Just because you get stuck behind a van once, it just, you know, doesn't mean anything. Just Joe, all you do is wear the anti-scene shirt. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I still haven't bought it yet. It's 15 bucks. I think I have 12 I hope they let me go with Man. 12 but if not, I guess I might be making out with somebody or maybe the ugly girl at the bar just to get <laughs> I don't know. There's an actual ugly girl here. They all look good to me. Oh, wait a minute. I've been drinking way too much tonight. <laughs> Woo! Joey Bug up here. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So starting that off was Motorhead with Rock and Roll. Gigi Allen with, well, I'll be honest. I picked out a song, but I don't really know which song is going to end up on this show because we're changing it at our last minute. So it's going to be a surprise when you listen to it. But I'm pretty sure it's going to come off the singles collection. <laughs> our record... Following that, the F and A holes with all fucked up. That was off of the uh, Aces and A holes uh, record. No justice with nuclear freedom, and ending that, of course, uh, tonight's uh, uh, performers anti scene with Chicken, and that was off their album Hell. That's great. So, what are you doing tomorrow, <laughs> Joe? <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, I am going to be drinking. Really? Like, what's your choice of drink? Uh, PBR. Mixed with bass. Like, uh, like you pour them together in a mug? or? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's uh, a Pabst Bass Ribbon. Well, actually, the best concoction I've ever made was Pabst, uh, sorry, not Pabst, but bass mixed with uh, Foster's, and I called it a Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. We have a uh, signature drink that we... Uh, we, we've really only done it once on the air, and it was Joey's own concoction. It was called Fuck Me Now and Fuck Me Later. Yes. Hey, why don't you inform him of uh, what that well, lovely combination is? We, we did it on show number 10, which was, gosh, eons ago. We did it at this adult bookstore in Richmond with these girls. And Fuck Me Now and Fuck Me Later is where you take Cinder's Club whiskey, and you, you chug it, and you chase it with... Uh, peach brandy so the peach brandy actually it ma- it kind of helps take down the, the the really bad cheap whiskey yeah. or, or what so, we, we ended up doing was you take a straw and put it in both <laughs> bottles and sip it at the same time so the whole joke was when you in when you introduce this drink to your lady before she drinks she's either gonna fuck you now or she's gonna fuck you later <laughs> so more than likely she drinks enough of these she's gonna fuck you later so one way or the other you're gonna get laid so the whole idea was to, uh, you know. Well, I need I need that uh, recipe for the tour. Senator's <laughs> <laughs> Club whiskey and uh, Jacqueline's peach brandy. It'll it's cost the you cheapest about, uh, shit you can buy at the yeah, liquor store. I guess it cost you about ten bucks. Yeah, I mean, ten bucks and you get laid. I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're in here, folks. <laughs> I think I gotta go tune and play, man. All right, uh, we hey, do appreciate. Good talking to you, man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 we 
We're doing the Fat Albert thing right here. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, about the Gigi Allen thing. Oh, we're going to do a Gigi Allen song tonight. Bite it, you scum. So. All right. I think you ought to do the song called um, Expose Yourself to Kids. No. <laughs> 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 Thanks so much. All right. All right, so we're going to go into the second set with a song from Hell Stomper.
If this shit didn't flow from my mind to the page, then my brain would have been wallpaper years ago from all the rage. Or you would have had a raw asshole!
Joey, fuck up here. In desperate need of an ice cold one, I am here at the coffee pot. Uh, whiskey and water beds number 37. 37. Yes, Brian has to keep reminding me of that because I've lost count of these shows. But the uh, reason why I am here at the coffee pot tonight is see anti scene in fucking person. Legends. And, of course, Piss Ant, Angry Youth, before that. But on the set we just heard was some good old-fashioned Hellstomper with Long Way Back to Louisiana from the Fine Forget It album. After that, Piss Ant, who's playing Night Live. Actually, I think they're playing now. It's uh, the Burning Road song off Polita. Polita. I, can't, I can't really talk. I ate too much pussy last night. Polluted Youth was the album that came off that. That, that sock and the faggots. Unfortunately, a defunct band. That was 666. The devil made me do it. After that, Virginia's own Gigi Allen, Randy Butt Sex with Fucking the Dog. That came off the Butt Nuggets Volume 1 album. And after that, our good buddy Beef Slaughterous uh, with Aberado with Long Haired Skinhead from the Hammer and Hoogazood album. Uh, Whiskey Brian actually got to hang out with uh, Beef Slaughterous a while back. Uh, got in some trouble with the law, local buzz. <laughs> you know, you know, I can't send him out of the fucking state without him getting in some or, kind of trouble. Or within the state, actually. or even within the state. Brian's got like a he's he's just a fucking cop magnet. I, I just get so nervous. I don't I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know which is worse, being a cop magnet or a cock magnet. See, I think I'm a cock magnet. For some reason, like, gay dudes really like me, and cops really like you, Brian. I don't know what it is. I think it's the same thing. Cops and cocks. <laughs> hey, we <laughs> we could do a, a gay show called Cops and Cocks. Make your face like a donut hole. <laughs> <laughs> Which one but, will end up glazed? <clears throat> anyway, um, we're actually getting ready to go to an interview we did with Jeff Clayton from Anti-Scene. Yes. Very fucking gr- an awesome interview. So, uh, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, unbuckle your pants for the orgasmic glory of interview with Jeff Clayton here on Whiskey and Waterbeds, show number 37. Joey Fuck Up here, hanging out here at the coffee pot here at Whiskey Waterbeds Radio, hanging out with a legend, legend from Antiscene, Jeff, Jeff Clayton. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm uh, I'm buzzing pretty hard. I slammed a couple of Milwaukee's and a four max out in the car. So <laughs> I'm not feeling too bad right now. It's finally hit my nervous system. Um, I brought a little gift for you. Hopefully, uh, it'll be something that um, that you'll have uh, plenty of good things to say about. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to want to sample that uh, gift here in a few minutes. So. Oh, it is fucking sweet. <clears throat> but uh, we are here at the coffee pot. Uh, historic landmark. Been here since 1936, I believe. <laughs> So many people have come and gone here. Hell, even Willie Nelson's been on stage and uh, and played is it, here. Is it true that Hank Williams played here? I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. But I do know Willie Nelson's been here. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think he smoked on the stage though. No, okay. <laughs> Unfortunately. But um. So, what's been going on? Ah. Uh. Besides the the shitty uh, news article that the Roanoke Times just did on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, well, you know. There goes our music for nomination. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It would be a good idea to get writers to write, but who am I to say that? <clears throat> but, uh, I don't know. As far as the band, uh, we've been playing. Uh, we, we played about. 30-something shows last year, which is more than we've done in the last uh, two years. 
combined. So we've, we've been kind of, you know, until a year ago, we were kind of inactive for a while. But uh, we're getting it all geared back up again. We got a new rhythm section, and uh, <clears throat> and we're starting to write songs. We got a got a couple of recordings that we're waiting to see how they're going to manifest themselves in this new new world of digital downloads and uh, CDs and you know all your stuff being ripped like within 24 hours. Uh, we don't know how it's all going to pan out, but we're Hopefully it'll it'll make its way out somehow in the near future. And uh, other than that, just playing, man. Uh, this is our last two shows of 2009, and we're going to gear up for 2010 with a completely different set list and <clears throat> hopefully some new songs thrown in there and, and more legendary hijinks like <laughs> shenanigans <laughs> like saying stupid things about immigrants that get us in trouble right. now going back into the into history and stuff and this is to some of the uneducated <coughs> you know when you guys formed in 83 mm-hmm. when you formed as a band what were probably your biggest influences at the time that that fucking lit you on fire and said that we're gonna do this we're gonna do this <clears throat> shit we're gonna do this. well as a kid, you know, our influences, uh, well, I, I speak mainly for myself, and I, I think Joe, uh, a lot a lot of what I say probably goes the same for him, but, you know, we were influenced by, uh, you know, Alice Cooper and uh, Black Oak, Arkansas, and, uh, you know, Early Kiss and stuff like that, and Slade and, and The Who. Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, stuff like that. And then uh, as we got older and, uh, and punk kind of uh, exploded in, the, in the, the estates, that's when we kind of said, you know what, like, I, well, I guess when the pistols and all were going, we were just like, oh, this, is, this really speaks to us, you know. It's like speaks to people that think the way we do, you know, and, and the Ramones and stuff like that. And then... Uh, when that second wave of uh, stuff came around, like Black Flag and uh, Fear and DOA and groups like that, I guess that's when we decided, you know what, we can do this too. You know, we don't have to just sit on the sidelines and watch. But our, our main goal when we got together was simple. It was very simple. We figured we'd play a few shows. Maybe we'd get to open for Black Flag or the Circle Jerks or something, you know, and if we lasted long enough, we'd put out a 7-inch or something, you know, and then uh, that would be it. We really had no long-term plan for it at all. Now, 26 years later, here we sit, you know. <laughs> Talking on this shitty podcast. <laughs> yeah, y'all are going to look back 10 years from now and say, God damn, where did we go? <laughs> What the fuck happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> we ended up on that shit show? What the hell? Um, now, um, as of course, you know, doing, you know, collaborating with G.G. Allen. Mm-hmm. On a personal level, what was it like actually just hanging out with him and stuff? Was it chaotic? Was it just pulling your hair out? Or was it just, just good fucking times? Man, uh, there were... Uh, the, the, you know, there's there's a bunch of little 16-year-old GG, uh, GG PhDs on, online now, you know, that claim to know everything about him and know everything that he thinks and 
feels or felt and everything, you know, and actually they're all full of shit. Because <laughs> basically one thing that people never say about Gigi, never, and it's the truth, is the guy loved to laugh. He loved to have a laugh, you know, not just, yeah, his music was dark and brutal and downright profane sometime, but, but man, the times he stayed with me and uh, my family, I, you couldn't ask for a better house guest. And to work with him in the studio, you couldn't ask for someone that was more professional and more, uh, you know, in like he was there to do the, the album. He could get fucked up and drink and everything else outside of there. When, when, when we were there to work, we worked. And we worked our asses off, you know, and and uh, it, it, it's it's strange because you know uh, to like to hear him when he used to talk about you know committing suicide on stage and stuff, and it really um, it, it was really quite quite a contrast to the guy that we were sitting around talking to all the time, who was always happy, always always. Uh, cracking jokes and having fun and and uh and you know for for someone who lives such a, a minimal lifestyle we never heard him complain yeah you know like like people who have nice houses and nice cars and all this crap they complain all the fucking time and are miserable <laughs> Gigi was never never seemed like he was miserable no uh watching the movie um hated he said you know his whole life can be fit in a paper bag <coughs> and uh he said that's all he needed, and that's the truth. Yeah, he would come to he would come to town with a little. Uh, I can't even think of how big it would have been like, uh, like an eighteen by fourteen suitcase, a little tiny suitcase with, stu- you know, some stuff crammed in it, and hell, I'd see him empty that shit out and leave it, <laughs> leave the fucking suitcase and everything. He didn't give a fuck. Um course the stuff you did with Gigi Allen it's it's legendary it's you know it's very influential but let's go outside the Gigi universe for just a little bit and besides what you probably did with him some of the live stuff that you did what were some of probably one of the most memorable moments in y'all's history because no matter what it's hard to really top a Gigi Allen show and if what y'all did with them it was you know but outside of that what else would be out there that you would say yeah i fucking that was a that was a good time that was some awesome shit right there you mean with Gigi or well, outside Gigi. outside of Gigi. Gigi, uh, yeah. well considering where joe and i originate which we come from not the suburbs of charlotte we come from the boondocks of the suburbs of charlotte you know we come from really small towns and uh this was way back in the days before uh, internet. You know, everything was done by postal service or you know, uh, videotape trading and stuff like that. And uh, so it took a while for stuff to get get around. You know, especially with, with magazines being several months behind in in you know being current. <clears throat> and uh, one of the things that I guess really that we could not believe is like the first time we touched on German soil and we didn't know what to expect. We had no idea what to expect, you know? And we walked out into uh, the stage in Bremen, Germany and as soon as we started playing, I mean, the place was packed. 
like more so than any club we ever played in the United States. What year would that have been? That was 92. Wow. 92. And see, all, you know, we've been together uh, almost 10 years by then. Or a little, let's see. No, we had not quite 10 years. And, uh, and when we went out on stage and played for the first time, to a packed house, and then they, everybody was singing along to our songs. Damn. We were just kind of like, "Wow, man, <laughs> that's crazy." <laughs> and and you know, plus getting to work with uh, other people other than Gigi, we we got to record with Michael Bruce from the original Alice Cooper group. Um, we toured with Fear. We toured with uh, Clarence Reed, who is also known as Blowfly. Okay, yeah. And see, I'm a real, uh, real fan of like '60s and '70s soul music too. And Clarence Reed wrote a bunch of songs that you would never know he wrote. Yeah. You know, most music fans don't know. It was it was it was a real honor to to get to meet him, and then and then to see the grandson of Hank Williams have a tattoo of me on his rib cage, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know a lot of stuff, you know what, I'm not one of those guys that sits there and constantly runs down our accomplishments and stuff, I just kind of did it and have it, mm-hmm. and it's it's in here forever, you know, and sure. there, there's, there's documentation of some of it, but uh, I know I'm leaving some things out, but you know, in 26 years, you know, you're going to miss some details, but um what we what we didn't make in uh, monetary gain we got rich in other ways of meeting some really really fascinating people and uh some important people to us and uh and seeing a lot of really fantastic bands pop up all over the world and they say you know well we did this because we listened to you or right. we saw you right you know and as you know that's quite a compliment especially when some of these groups are really really fantastic you know and, uh, right um, wow you know I guess it after a while you know I guess the Ramones got sick of hearing people tell them you know it's because of you guys we do what we do I mean <laughs> I, right. I mean I told I told Joey Johnny and Dee Dee all that and Marky all I've 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 had the I've had the uh, pleasure of being able to tell each and every one of them that to their face and uh, oh so you actually got to meet them. oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah man Fuck. I got to tell you my Johnny Ramon story this is one of my favorite yeah, stories do it do it yes uh, I can't remember what year this was it must have been shortly after coming back from Europe in '92 we must have been touring around '93 touring for the uh, Eat More Possum album. And we were staying in uh, New York City at our old bass player. We had a bass player uh, when we recorded the record called EP Royalty called Marlon Cherry. And, and he lived in New York, so we stayed with him. Well, <clears throat> back in them days, there was a magazine out that came out of New York called Psychotronic. Yes. yes. Y'all Michael remember Weldon that? Show. Yeah. Michael Weldon. Exactly. Yes. He, he actually does an uh, internet radio show now. Oh, does he? Yes, he does. Oh, okay. That's Island. Yeah, That's great. About five hours from here, WCTG FM. Are you guys in touch with him at all? Yeah, we've you actually do? talked to him on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. He plays some good shit. Yeah. Great. Man, all right, we'll see. He had the magazine going. Yeah. And uh, 
we learned that he for uh, for a minute he had a storefront in New York. Okay. Which you know he sold basically all the stuff you read about in the magazine. Yeah. So we had a day off, and me and our uh, our merch guy at the time, which was Joe's brother named Barbecue Young, and our sound man, who was his name was uh, Todd Goss. We decided to to go see Michael's store. And we, we got there, it must have been uh, 11.30 in, in the uh, morning. And uh, we get there and then the store's locked up, it's not open yet, it don't, doesn't open until noon. So we're just sitting on the stairs, you know, walking around, we had 30 minutes to wait. And all of a sudden, one of us looks da- down to our left and we see him, <clears throat> a guy uh, leaning on a parking meter down there. And I think we all at the same time went, God damn, that's Johnny Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we we kind of sheepishly walked down there and, uh, and you know, we introduced ourselves. And I said, I wouldn't say nothing about wearing a band or nothing, you know. Yeah. We're like, oh, they don't give a fuck, you know. <laughs> and um, but then I did say, yeah, man, uh, my band opened for you in Charlotte, North Carolina. You know what he said? Oh, yeah, anti-sing. Oh, God. <laughs> and so, you know, after them guys probably picked me up off the pavement, <laughs> I, you know, we, we were talking to him and everything, and then, you know, the store opened up, and uh, we went in, and then, you know, like, Michael Weldon was someone I wanted to meet anyway because I really appreciated what he did, what he did with the magazine and the, oh, yeah, yeah. And the, and the psychotronic uh book and all that stuff and uh and then you know now i got johnny ramon introducing me to michael <laughs> weldon you know and uh damn so yeah that that that's one of my favorite uh close encounter stories so Shit. johnny ramon johnny ramon is probably me and joe's biggest influence because no he shares a lot of our our political beliefs and and his Music ethic, you know, is also like ours, you know, so that, that was a really, that, that's something that'll probably stick with me forever. Well, they, you know, obviously, um, you're a huge influence on hundreds of damn bands. Um, Heroes, the outlaw country movement, punk movement, scumfolk, whatever. Are there bands out there right now, young bands that are, that you guys are listening to that are, you're really into and you're like, you can kind of see your younger selves in these bands and you can definitely hear the influence in them that you can really dig? or You know, uh, a lot of groups that are out now don't really so much have uh, the anti-scene sound about them anymore, but there are a lot of groups that, that cite us as influences and as... Uh, as peers that we really like, like such as uh, from Oakland, California, Hammerlock. Have y'all heard of them? I'll have to turn you guys on to them. They're a really good band. Um, let me think here. About Alan King and some Alan of King and the uh, <laughs> his new uh, beer drinking Christians. Yes. Have y'all heard any of that? Yeah, he sent me a CD. Matter of fact, he's going to be doing an interview with me for uh, his blog. Oh, really? For okay. yeah, <laughs> I've I've actually gotten to gotten uh, pretty good friends with him on MySpace. So all right, we've been playing a lot of his stuff: Hell Stomper, Polecat, Boogie Revival, and uh, his latest incarnation. So yeah, uh, 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 Alan and us have all been friends for a really long time. Oh, sweet. Yeah, 
I knew Allen before he ever started a band, I think. No shit. Yeah. Allen was Atlanta, at, isn't he? Allen was at our 10-year anniversary show. I'll just tell you. <laughs> no, actually, Allen was from Chattanooga. Okay. But now he's in Arizona. Yeah, I knew he had gone to Arizona, mm-hmm. and I think, um, anyway, I don't know what the hell I'm saying. I, <laughs> but what about Nashville Pussy? You like him? You uh, dig him I, I know uh, Blaine and Ryder <laughs> and and Corey, you know, okay. And um, and Jeremy, the drummer? I right? think, it, yeah, I think so. Is that so. right? Yeah. You know, great band and really nice people, you know. Now, on the country front, uh, obviously Hank the Three, mm-hmm. you're good friends with. What are some of the other uh, country guys out there? That uh, Joe Buck. I mean, I guess oh, yeah. I don't know if you consider what he does country, but oh, yeah. uh, uh, it is. It's yes. Oh, yeah. Stripped down, real barbaric country, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's see, who else? Like David Allen Coe? We got along real well with uh, Coe's son and his crew and everything. Matter of fact, when they... We, uh, I don't know if you know that we opened for David Allen Coe one time. No, uh-uh. In Charlotte, yeah. No shit. Yeah. That'd been a hell of a show right Talk there. about an experience. Was the fucking Hell's Angels there? No. <laughs> actually, they weren't. Uh, it was a really weird crowd, man. And um, I, I had talked to David Allen Coe himself a few years back. I'd given him some CDs, and I, and I just wrote it. Because uh, there was a time in Charlotte. When it was, it became a tradition almost that the night before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Co was going to play the Palomino Club. Oh wow! Okay. And they, it went on like that for several years, I know. And one of those years, um, I just came to the show uh, armed with some CDs and I put them in a bag, wrote him a little note. Didn't expect it. To tell you the truth, I didn't expect that he'd ever even read the damn thing or get the CDs. But the guy at the merch merch table gave them to him. I just wrote a note that said, you know, for better or for worse, you're a big influence on this stuff, you know, and yeah. uh, we really appreciate you. And I said, I hope you and your family have 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 a nice holiday, you know. And uh, so I was front and center at, when the show started. He walks across the stage, uh, leans down and shakes my hand. And when he's doing the long-haired son of the South, rock and roll, long-haired son of the South, whatever. He put Anti-Sing's name in the song, oh. and uh, that was pretty nice. And uh, but 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 the time we opened with him, he wasn't re- being being very uh, very social. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he was staying on the bus. But uh, we talked to Tyler and and the crew, and they were real real uh, jazz to be playing with us. And it, it it was a fun night. Oh, okay. All right. Now, one thing we talked about earlier, um, you guys have played. I'm sure a shitload of music festivals. Um, Sleaze Fest is one that always comes to mind. I know mm-hmm. We talked about this earlier. Um, when you guys played it, uh, what'd you think of that? Was it? You know, we actually played it two times, and there was a guy there named Beetle Bob, was a DJ from I think St. Louis, who was really cool. I really liked him a lot. Um, I, I don't think the uh, the majority of the audience that was there for Sleaze Fest, I don't think they appreciated the fact that we were there. I know they certainly didn't appreciate the fact that we were there two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we hadn't been back since. <laughs> I don't even know if they still do it anymore. Actually, they're not. Um, when the, was the 506, 
the 50... Uh, local 506 in Chapel Hill. When they closed, uh, from what I understand, it kind of went haywire because you had three other bars step in. So on a sleaze fest night, you had three bars throwing on bands. So people would, wouldn't would know which bar to go to because you had all these bands playing. It's so a clusterfuck. Yeah, it became a clusterfuck, got chaotic. It became a road show, and it kind of died out after that. So, but um, Now, you know, through all these years you guys have been playing, and you've seen bands come and go. You guys mm-hmm. have obviously just kept it going. But are there any bands out there, whether they're still around or they used to be, that you would have said, Fuck, I would love to have done a show with them guys. Anybody in particular. I don't care how big they are. Uh, to this day, we have never done a show with Motorhead. That would be <clears> fucking <throat> killer. That would we, be fucking We killer. had several booked. Uh, two. We had two booked. And really? Both of them. Once in Columbia, once in Charlotte. And uh, they, they canceled both times. Damn. So... Uh, I don't know what good it would do. The crowd would probably hate us, but we'd love to I play with. I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't mean with Motorhead. I'm talking about with uh, Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to play with Alice Cooper. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, a friend of mine uh, goes by the name of Wednesday Thirteen. He got the tour with uh, Alice. Was, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking who else. I mean, you probably wouldn't do a show with, like, a reunion show with Culture Club or Pet Shop Boys or any of those guys, would you? <laughs> How much are they paying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, it'd be, it, I think it'd be fun to play with the Sex Pistols. Yeah, like yeah. a reunion on that. <clears throat> what about Skinner? You know, I... Uh, oh. You don't have to answer any of these questions. Th- that, that would... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just. Uh, I know it's not the same. I mean, I, you know, I love I love Skinner, but I, the Skinner I love doesn't exist anymore. You right. Know? And um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, yeah, I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> I don't mean to hog hog the show here, Brian. There you go. <laughs> I mean, Joey fuck ups everybody's favorite, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, certainly, as everybody knows. Uh, you guys are big into wrestling. Mm, yeah. And wh- what do you think of wrestling today? And if you could create an ultimate match, what would mm. it be? All right. What do I think of wrestling today? I mean, you know, like, like any time. Um, it's got its good, good points. It's got some people I like, you know. But uh, I'm finding it harder and harder to sit through a two-hour show whether it's TNA or uh, WWE, to catch, you know, 20 to 40 minutes of good shit, you know. Right. it's and, and, of course, they always save it to the lap, you know, the yeah. end, right at the end. Or they put it on, like, in in the mid-period when – I mean, you know what? I ain't going to lie to you. Every Monday, every Wednesday, I never catch Friday because I'm always doing something else on Friday. But, um, you know, when I said Wednesday. I meant Thursday. Um I keep TNA and I keep WWE on, but I usually just turn them so loud that I can hear them anywhere in the house, you know. And I, but I, no way do I sit in front of the TV like I used to, you know. Right. I used to watch it on Tuesday night, uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday evening. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, well it's, it certainly seems that you know, uh, from what I've seen, it, you know, and kind of, you know, I, I guess growing up in a different time period, but you know the 
theatrics are, are a lot different. You know, there, there's a lot more. Uh, it almost kind of plays into. Yeah, it's a little almost over the top mm. now. It seems, you know, uh, before it was, you know, you you saw more of the performance mm-hmm. than anything else. Well, you know, um, I guess one of the things that uh, I think about, you know, I think I think uh, it's different as to what age you are when something first gets a hold of you. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. My girlfriend hates Kiss, right? But right. I told her, I said, you know, if if you were a kid in 75, 6, and 7, you know, there wasn't a better way to piss your parents off. And, <laughs> and you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm just like, you know. But I think it's the same with wrestling. I mean, some things, when you're talking about people like Ric Flair, uh, Wahoo McDaniel, Black Jack Mulligan, Ole Anderson, Gene Anderson, uh, who else? Ricky Steamboat, you know. Oh yeah. And and even even guys are guys like Jim Cornette and the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. When you're talking about performers of that caliber, man, that's that's just good shit, you yeah. know. And 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 and, it, and uh, I don't know if it's just me being an old. Old fogey, you know, it was better in my day, but it was better in my day. <laughs> Forty-six. I remember all that. The wild mm-hmm. Daniel, the whole that whole era. And uh, well, I'm thirty-eight. So. Well, well uh, it lasted a good while. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I, I grew up with uh, you know Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Roddy Ultimate Piper. Warrior, uh, Junkyard Dog, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. I actually met. Ultimate Warrior at a Mexican restaurant. No, really? was like seven. <laughs> <laughs> when he talked to you, did it make any sense? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I was six when I got Ric Flair's autograph. Yeah. Of course, Ric Flair was here uh, last year, uh, unfortunately, at a furniture store opening. Really? Signing autographs. Did he get in a fight? I don't think so. Every time he comes here, somebody tries to start something with him. <laughs> but, but you know, of course, um, just living uh, probably any and every experience uh, on the road and and such forth that any any band that could possibly dream of. You know, after twenty six years, what what keeps you guys going? What inspires you? You know what. I had people ask that before because it's certainly not that we're getting rich doing it. Um, I guess unless someone has something that they do or they contribute to that they just love so much, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think anyone can understand it, you know, and it's hard to explain. But right. uh, this is, I mean, I've done anti-scene over half my life, and uh, this is who I am. Right. You know, and um, uh, to, to, to stop it, I mean, you know, yeah, we all got day jobs, but we do day jobs to, that allow us to keep doing this, you know, and uh, I don't know. I mean, to, to all of a sudden only be the guy that works in the warehouse, I don't know if, 
if if that would set with me too well. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I've just. It, it's also like I said, you know, that uh, though we never got rich financially, we were rich in other ways. Right. And uh, and you know, got a shitload of memories that no one can ever steal from me until we get Alzheimer's or something. But it's time, Jeff. <laughs> oh, is this the gift? <laughs> oh my we God! We brought a special present. Uh, this is a gift to the. The God here. <laughs> 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 and oh, just drinking out of the jar. God damn, that is fucking good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you say that again, Joe? God damn, that is fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Anyway, this is, this is a yeah. Thank you very much. That's that's our uh, sacrificial lamb, if you will. <laughs> that's our thank you. We would have put it into a skull, but we didn't have it. <laughs> I can do without that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I guess the last question I have is, you know, of course, uh, certainly I would imagine from the wrestling influence, you know, uh, you, you certainly uh, put on a hell of a stage show. You know, as far as uh, breaking beer bottles, you know, smashing washboards, things like that. How did did that necessarily come from wrestling theatrics? Uh, um, theatrics and had any of those uh, particular things ever gone awry? Oh you? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be another radio show, man. You read the right times article. <laughs> man. God, I mean, I'm serious. We we could talk for another hour just on shit that's just gone haywire or blown up in our face or or just you know it's very Spinal Tap. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the first part of your question is yeah, uh, you know, watching wrestling and understanding wrestling did help help me become a performer. You know and. Uh, I think I think everybody wants to hear like you spouting off all kinds of uh, rhetoric and all, and you be be behind everything you say. But man, you know, first and foremost, we're entertainers. We're we're in a, we're in a rock band that we like to entertain people. We we don't have a social agenda or a political agenda. It's always been about you know entertaining people. And um, these agendas that I just mentioned kind of got thrown on to us by people that don't like us or care for us just because we say we might say one thing that goes against the grain, which I thought punk rock was about, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And uh, apparently I'm wrong. Uh, you're supposed to fall in line and be cookie-cutter, hot topic, you know, uh, assembly line thought and sound and everything else but you know we're not going to be we never have been and uh that's just the way that is and uh it's never going to change and uh that's basically it in a nutshell we're 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 entertainers and we 
any message we have to say, we figure the people that really know us and really like us and want to take the time to understand us will understand. And those who don't, won't. And I could care less if they ever do. You know? So. Fucking A. Now, when it comes to the press, <laughs> you get a lot of stuff written about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you get Which, negative. By the way, uh, we have a book out. Um, <laughs> Truck Bill yes. Maximus. It's on sale here tonight. <laughs> or at our website. And um, people are, are surprised that we put the negative reviews in, but I'm, I'm convinced the negative reviews of us help sell more copies of our CDs than any positive review ever written. So, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Um, you know, you, going down the line, you know, most bands will read the press about them. Whether it's negative or positive, has whoever's out there, is there has there been more negative stuff written about you? As opposed to positive or vice versa. Well, you know, to go back to Tad's article, um, there's a thing in there where he says uh, critically reviled or something like that. Joe and I discussed that yesterday, and we're like, you know what? That's completely inaccurate. Because before the uh, advent of the Internet, I would say our review, our, our positive reviews were 80%. You know? Yeah. And that, that's, you're talking a lot, a lot of years. Yes. Only, only since the internet, when any, any, uh, anybody can type out a review, and all of a sudden they're a music journalist or a music critic. You know, there's millions of them now. That's when we started getting the bad review. You know, the people that hate us have their little blogs or their, <coughs> or their website or whatever, and. Uh, um, that's when the negative reviews started coming, and now it's about, I don't know, it's probably about half and half. Like, you can put a review of the same record, which I have done on our website. If you click the bottom of our website, there's hundreds of reviews on there. And they'll be about the same record. The first review will say, this is the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my life. The man should be shot and killed, and burned and everything else and the one right behind us say this is the greatest album ever fucking made you know <laughs> and uh, so you know i kind of like i like the fact that when it comes to us there's no fence setters either love us or hate us right so, which is fine with me you know that's awesome well look dude we've uh taken enough of your time um it's been my pleasure it's, it's no it's it's definitely um well, thank you. It really has. Um, you know, Brian was supposed to blow the band tonight, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, are you still up for that? <laughs> I'll see if I can get him in here. <laughs> Line the boys up. Brian will do anything for this podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> but it's all good. I'm glad you uh, you like the, the jarred uh, happy juice. And um, it's awesome, man. I can't wait to get into it a little more. I can't wait to see you guys play live tonight. So this is Joey Fuck Up with Whiskey Brian doing an interview with the legend, Jeff Clayton. Thank you, fellas. Thank you.
Whiskey Brian here. We're back. <laughs> Joey's carrying some beers very carefully. I've never seen that cautious of a look of beer upon Joey's face. Let's take that, a little Pabst. So, what'd you just hear? That set starting off was Anti-Scene with Cactus Jack. That was off the Hell album. The legendary uh, Huckabuck, oh well, wait. Uh, yes, the legendary Hucklebucks with Blazing Wheels. That was off Rattle All Night, Long and Shake You. Mr. Plow with Biscuits and Gravy. Uh, it was off of Apocalypse Plow. And ending that was Nashville Pussy with Shoot First and Run Like Hell. So, it's been an interesting, it's been a great night. It's been a great night. Uh, you want to grab the mic? Or just, you, know, you know, Joey's just kind of looking. We're back here in the coffee It's because I uh, dripped a, just, a, a, just a touch of uh, PBR, and to me, any drip that's dropped is a waste of beer. <laughs> <laughs> True. Fuck. True that. But um, it's been a great night. It's been, you know, it's kind of turned into an interesting night for me. It's been a great uh, night for me, by the well, way. I mean, it's been a great night all around. Uh, I'll tell you a little story. I got the whole band's autograph on the CD. I got Jeff Jeff's autograph from my notepad. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get it on your Trapper Keeper? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, that's That's next time, but... I've been receiving uh, text messages <laughs> from my ex-girlfriend tonight. We've Why don't you read those text messages, Brian? We've been apart for uh, about three weeks. be an interesting book yeah, on tape. Uh, if you follow the show, I mentioned uh, you know, on, on uh, Whiskey and Wonder Bits number 36. and um, Yeah, she's been uh, sending me text messages to see if I just want to be sex buddies with her. And she said uh, it's been the sec best sex that uh, she's ever had. Oh, which... It was with me, too. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, she keeps mentioning, you know, no relationship, no strings attached. And, um, and you know, uh, so it's, it's uh, I just got another one. Uh, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. But anyways, that's not important tonight. We've uh, gotten to hang out with pretty much all the members of Anti-Scene. Uh, casually talking to the drummer and bass player here in the pool room. Um, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I can't wait to see them live. Um, but uh, we got another set coming up. And starting that off is Black Flag with Rise Above. So here we go. Rise above, we're gonna rise above. When they can't do themselves, rise above, we're gonna rise above. We are tired of your abuse. 
Joey Fuck Up here. Had to put my uh, Pastel Ribbon down to read this next set because i got to grab this mic like it's a hard cock and hold my notes in the other hand. But I'm out here at the coffee pot and uh, Piss Ants on the stage now tearing it up. And with this set, um, just heard the legendary Black Flag with Rise Above. After that, the Germs with Manable, which, of course, you can find out in the MIA two-disc set. I think it's a two-disc set. I'm not really sure. It's, uh, anyway, they're a complete collection. But the fucking cool thing is when I sat down with Jeff Clayton tonight, he looked at our set list and said that was one of his favorite germ songs. And I thought, damn, dude, there's a connection. That's just fucking sweet. After that, Hank, three pills I took from the Straight to Hell album. I mean, I can't do a show with these guys and not include a Hank three tune in here. I mean, it's... It, they fucking go together like biscuits and gravy, goddammit. <laughs> After that. <laughs> I think we just had a song about that. Yes, yes, the Mr. Plow song, absolutely. After that, Polecat Boogie Revival with kind of like a Silver John. <laughs> Woo! Of course, Alan King is old friends with Jeff. Uh, done a lot of stuff together. And ended the set off with an old classic ACDC tune with Can I Sit Next to You, Girl, off the High Voltage album. And uh, the one thing I love about the Bon Scott era of ACDC is when you listen to it, it's Australian Southern Rock. Okay, technically that doesn't exist, but it does when you listen to the Bon Scott era of ACDC. Think about it. It's Australian Southern Rock. And I am uh, actually, I'm not, I'm not totally fucked up. Not, I'm really not, believe it or not. <laughs> I was going to actually go out to the car and kill some more of Milwaukee, but uh, tonight they won't let people leave and come back, so I've got to. I definitely got to stay in here and uh, spend money. I did. Get, I did pick up uh, the best of anti scene two disc set, which I had autographed by the band. Uh, this is this, truly a fucking monumental occasion. This is incredible. We had pictures taken with them, which Brian will have those up on MySpace. Yes. Uh, Plan on taking pictures of them playing live too. Not to mention, I'm gonna have uh, pictures of. Me spread my ass cheeks on my space later on. Yeah. Because Jenna Jameson's going to have a strap on. I mean, well, I mean, that might not be on my space. <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. But, um, seriously, though, uh, we are uh, having a fucking unbelievable time. Jeff has been an incredible, incredible fucking guest. Uh, everybody uh, that we've met, really, it's been awesome. The entire band. Uh, 
Uh, especially uh, Punky Girl Productions. Who's Punky Girl the Show. That's right. Uh, she came she, out the host of uh, of doing this, and it incredible, a super nice lady. Her son's actually in Angry Youth, uh, uh, yep. along with Mega Joe. Yeah, her husband's doing the sound tonight as well. So it's uh, it's everything's very close to almost very family like. Yeah, and plus she's actually pretty damn hot. I will say that. Yes, uh, she's a very fine-looking, you know, uh, nice lady. Yeah, I, I don't really care <coughs> if she's listening, and she's she's hot. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, she's <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, my um, cell phone's going off again. And she Imagine hugged me. that. She hugged me today too, or tonight. That was cool. Yeah, motherfucker. It's you been got a long time since I felt a woman's touch. Chris Miller from the Blue Ribbon Podcast. I've been texting him back and forth. He, the latest text said, I am a lucky some bitch. Yes, which actually, uh, Hell Summer has a song called Some Bitch. Some Bitch, yeah, which I. Which, speaking of which, um, if you're like hunting around for other podcasts, let's do other than ours, definitely check out Chris Miller's Blue Room podcast. Check out Donnie fucking Cash's White Trash Revival. You'll fucking love that one too. Oh, yeah. Um, and check out Joey Fuck Up's Hey Right Now. <laughs> and if you're really bored, you can check out my Trailer Park Free Clinic Power Hour. If you, uh, you know, if you're not too lazy enough to navigate it on Blip.tv. Yep. I mean, geez, it doesn't take that fucking much to get there. And, uh, I mean, shit. Uh, <laughs> check and, out my uh, playlist on my own personal MySpace page. That's right. www.myspace.com backslash Joey Fuck Up. J-O-E-Y-F-U-C-K-U-P. Well, I'm not really going to tout myself all around, <laughs> I mean, um, shameless plugs here. You know, certainly uh, stick around. Uh, ch- check out maybe January, February. Um, I'm going to be re- releasing either back trying times or possibly something else that I've been thinking about. But uh, Oh, really? We'll you see. didn't tell me about this. Yeah, well, let's, yeah, we'll talk about it later. But oh, okay. It's a secret for now. And, uh, <laughs> you know... So I've been telling you, uh, my ex has been sending me text messages. Brian's been getting sexting. And so you could actually... Uh, her response to mine, which was, she said something about, you know, she's horny and, you know, wants to sit on my cock. And I just responded... She's reading from a script, Brian. <laughs> yeah, I just responded with, oh, wow. Gee, I'm horny, Brian. Can you come over tonight? <laughs> Anyways, the last text I got was, and she really enjoys sitting on your face. She comes so hard like that. You know what I always say, I roll say, over on all fours for what she is begging for. As, as long as my face is around, you always have a place to sit. Muff Davers, Luke 69. Woo! Yeah, this has been Whiskey and Waterbeds number 37. Um, place and, is rocking like and, I'm cocking. And we're, we're just riding high on uh, excitement from uh, this, this evening. It, it's been unreal. It really has. Uh, we're always really stoked anytime we get to interview anybody that we're fans of, and certainly anti-scene. Uh, it, you know, we are oh, fans of. So uh, we got to talk to Wicked Joe earlier of a local punk band. And um, are you still going to suck off um, anti-scene tonight, Brian? I never said I was going to. You're just starting rumors. Well, I mean. Although you did say, if I suck them off... Don't let them down, Brian. Well, you said, if I suck them off, you were going to bend over and let them just ram you from behind. No guilt. No, I never said that. Yeah, you did. You said, I want to take the train. <laughs> no protection. No, 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 no. Yeah. Only with the urinal mints while I do that. 
I mean, because when I hear that song, Fuck Me Up the Ass, that's just an incredible. Because you want to come on your back? I want to feel a hot man child run down my <laughs> ass crack. <laughs> come on my back. Come on my back. Anyway, we got an ending song, I think, don't we, Brian? We do. We have uh, another anti-scene song uh, entitled Thanks a Lot. Thought it was very fitting for a ending song. But thanks a lot for listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> See how that runs in together? It does. Yeah. It's amazing. And um, this is truly a, an epic saga. Certainly, again, uh, visit our MySpace page, whis- or, uh, myspace.com slash waterbeds. Uh, also, find us on Facebook uh, under Whiskey and Waterbeds Radio. And um, we got a website now. Yeah, we also have a website, which you can uh, check out our shows, our reviews, stuff like that, uh, which is Whiskey N, the letter N, Waterbeds. Dot com, and uh, we hope to see you there. We hope to hear from you. Subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends. Check out Joey Fuckup's Hey Ride to Hell. Uh, of course, the previous Whiskey Brian's Trying Times. And don't forget uh, Whiskey Brian's own website, LonelyBoyLikesTakingTheAss.com. <laughs> if you can afford it, folks. If you can afford it. Brian's an expensive bastard. <laughs> he hey, don't come cheap. Whatever I can do Gentlemen. to make some money. I got to pay the bills somehow, folks. But uh, thank you all for listening. Yeah, we got to go because we got to take this call from Jenna Jameson. Hold on. <laughs> but uh, we had a good night. <laughs> thank you, folks. It's Whiskey Brian here with Joey Fike Up. It's Whiskey and Waterbeds 37. This is Anti Scene with Thanks a Lot. Thanks a lot.